Hi, welcome to Skip's Corner, where I cover Nashville's baseball history and events and introduce you to players, coaches, and other fans. I have often said that Nashville is a better baseball town than it is any other sport, even over football and basketball and hockey. Those sports weren't here in the 19th century when baseball was, and I think that's the foundation. But there had to be a place to play. And although there were plenty of parks and clearings and sandlots around the Nashville area as baseball's interest began to grow, particularly after the Civil War, teams were formed and guys played and gals played and black teams played and white teams played. And it really had a lot to do with, I think, the growth of Nashville and also increasing the commerce. Um, But you had to have a place to play. And I think the most important factor in all of Nashville baseball history, besides the men and women who, who played it and organized it and managed it, was Nashville's Sulphurdale. In the mid 19th century, The recreational area for Nashville was known as Sulphur Springs Bottom, so named because there was a natural sulphur spring nearby. The area designated for a ball field at the foot of the Capitol was bordered by what we know as 4th Avenue, 5th Avenue, formerly Jackson Street, now Junior Gillum Way, and was referred to as Athletic Park as early as 1870. With the city's first venture into pro ball in 1885, a new grandstand was built. The Nashville Americans were a member of the inaugural Southern League. And although the league would go in and out of business for the next 15 years or so, Athletic Park was home field for ball games, amateur games, and professional. In his sports column published in the Nashville Tennessean on January the 14th, 1908, Grantland Rice referred to the local ballpark as Sulphur Spring Dell, signaling the mark of a new name for the historic site, Sulphur Dell. In later years, Nashville Banner Sports editor Fred Russell suggested that Rice couldn't find a word to rhyme with Sulphur Spring Bottom. As you may know, Grantland Rice wrote in lyrics and liked to rhyme the passages together. And so thus the new moniker for Nashville's baseball home. New grandstands were constructed for the 1908 season and expanded in 1920. And local amateur and semi-pro teams played at the park when the Nashville Vols of the Southern Association were out of town. Now, these included amateur and semi-pro games. And even Tom Wilson's black Nashville Standard Giants used a Sulphurdale. And when he renamed the team the Elite Giants, He used the famous ballpark as home field until he built his own ballpark, Tom Wilson Park, in Trimble Bottom. The configuration of Sulphurdale was such that batters had to face the pitcher and look into the sun. Home plate was near Jackson Avenue and 4th Avenue. And at the end of the 1926 season, it was determined that the ballpark would be turned around so that the afternoon sun would not come into play for hitters Remember, there were no lights in those days. Games were played at 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And before the sun would set, which if the sun set, the game was called due to darkness, the setting sun to the west was right in the batter's eyes. There was another reason for the reconfigured ballpark. 
new ownership. On October the 1st, 1926, four investors took over the Nashville Baseball Club. Rogers Caldwell, a local horse breeder, Jack Whaley, co-publisher of the Southern Lumberman, a regional publication, Stanley Horn, also co-publisher of the Southern Lumberman, and Jimmy Hamilton, manager of the Nashville Vols since 1923, were all part of that purchase. The first week of December, the new owners announced the existing wooden grandstand would be torn down and a new steel and concrete structure would be built. It was a little unusual with two of the owners producing a publication about the wood industry in the southeast. And the new ballpark was expected to be one of the best ballpark facilities in baseball for its size. J.B. Hansen Company was awarded the construction contract, and the architect was Mark and Holman. Referred to as the turned-around Sulphurdale, it had an unusual outfield dimension due to the shape of this city block in which the ballpark sat. Left field was 334 feet from home plate, and the deepest part of the park was at center field at 422 feet. But right field was only 262 feet. So from 1927 until the last pro game was played there in 1963, those were the dimensions. The closeness of the fans to the players was a distinct feature because from first base to the grandstand was 42 feet and even closer on the third base side at 26 feet. But that was not all. The playing surface was below street level and there was an embankment around the entire outfield that was part of the playing field. The low-lying park was prone to flooding in the spring, and early games were often canceled or rescheduled or moved to Vanderbilt's Dudley Field so teams could play, with teams having to play on a field that resembled a drained-out washtub, as some sports writers called it. Players would often mockingly refer to it as suffer hell. Now, that right field embankment was so unusual, the embankment began at 224 feet from home plate, and it rose at a 45-degree angle towards the fence, ending at 262 feet, quite an incline. And the embankment in left field was not quite as pronounced, but it began at 301 feet as it made its way to 334 feet from home plate. The outfield fence was made of wood and was 16 feet high. And running from the right field foul pole to a point 186 feet towards center field, there the fence was capped by a screen that added an additional 30 feet of height, but decreased to 22 and a half feet midway to center field. And in later years, the screen height remained the same, but a second tier of signage was added in the right field. I'd love to see pictures of that old ballpark with those advertising signs all around the outfield and to see that double layer of of signage. Obviously, that was an income producer uh, for advertisements for the ball club. Built to hold 7,500 fans, the construction was barely finished in 1927 when the team came home to play exhibition games. The first game in the newly turned around Sulphurdale was an exhibition game played against the Minneapolis Millers of the American Association on March the 25th, 1927. The Millers won 5-3 in a game that lasted two hours and five minutes, which was not unusual for game times in those days. And Dick Loftus, a right fielder for the Millers, hit the first home run in the new ballpark. Blinky Horn, sports writer for the Nashville Tennessean, referred to right field as the right center dump in his account of the game the next day, calling attention not only to the unusual design of the ballpark, 
but acknowledging that the smell, the nearby city dump, and stockyard offered to the lingering odor in the air. In the fourth inning of an exhibition game between the Vols and Milwaukee on April the 1st, pinch hitter John Black hit a home run to become the first Nashville player to hit one over the fence in the new Sulphurdale. Horn wrote that the ball cleared the way beyond the old 4th Avenue entrance to the bleachers. After more exhibition games were played, the Nashville Vols returned to Sulphurdale for the opening game of the 1927 Southern Association season against the Atlanta Crackers. It was April the 13th, 1927, when the ballpark was dedicated. The Vols lost 10-2, but Atlanta's George Mule Haas became the first player to hit a home run during the regular season in the new layout. It was a first-inning shot, followed by a fourth-inning home run by Walter Gilbert, also of the Crackers. And attendance was a booming 7,535 fans. It was the largest opening day in Nashville history. Four years later, the first night game was played at Sulphurdale on May the 18th, 1931. And the Vols lost that game too, this time to Mobile, 8-1. to But on opening day, the next season, April the 12th, 1932, the attendance was an amazing 14,502. With seating capacity of 8,000 in the grandstands, the outfield was lined off with rope to accommodate the crowd. It was the largest crowd to ever see a game at Sulphurdale. I don't think there was ever a larger crowd in the entire existence of the ballpark. And in 1938, seating capacity was increased to 8,500. It was a bandbox, says Robert Pat Burgess, who was a scoreboard operator and public address announcer as a teenager in the mid-1940s. He said short right field was what made it tough, with the fence and the screen added to the fence. Some guys had the Sulphurdale stroke, an uppercut swing that was needed to slug one out of the park. When a lot of players didn't have it, their careers suffered when playing in parks with normal field dimensions. Gene Smith, a member of the Old Timers Baseball Association, former minor leaguer who recently died, told me once, no matter what we called it, it was our home ballpark and we loved it and it had the best pitcher's mound I ever threw off. On opening day, April the 17th, 1951, Nashville's Sulphurdale celebrated 24 years of service to local citizens with a new look that included a remodeled facade, new turnstiles, brick walls, wider exits, and other improvements. But unchanged were the dumps in the outfield and the short right field fence. Nashville historian Paul Clement Reflected one time to me, Dad would take me to Sulphurdale two or three times a summer, and we would catch the balls. My biggest hero wasn't a player. It was Larry Munson who did the play-by-play of balls games through all those years of my childhood. But Sulphurdale was not just a baseball venue. Concerts by Tex Ritter, Jackie Wilson, and even James Brown were, were held there. So was Dick Clark's Cavalcade of Stars, Esther Williams' Water Follies, the Shrine Circus, and barnstorming baseball exhibitions were all held at the memorable ballpark before its demise. When attendance dwindled, attention to the ballpark did too. The last pro baseball game was played at Sulphurdale on September the 8th, 1963, as the Vols of the South Atlantic League faced Lynchburg in a doubleheader. Nashville outfielder Charlie Tusher belted three home runs as the Vols won over Lynchburg 6-3 and 2-1. It was the last hurrah of the famous park. Amateur baseball was played at Sulphurdale in 1964, and in 1965, it was turned into a speedway of all things. 
and after becoming a towing lot for Metro Nashville, Sulphurdale was demolished on April the 16th, 1969, and it lasted 100 years. Now, one outstanding feature was that the right fielder, if he was standing at the base of the fence, his feet were 22 and a half feet above the playing surface. No other ballpark was like it, either before, during, or after its existence. I don't think Major League Baseball or Minor League Baseball or a lot of amateur teams would allow their players to play in a park such as that. Well, that's kind of a brief history of Sulphurdale. I hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to email me, give me your thoughts, criticisms, or suggestions. My email address is 262downright at gmail.com. And I hope you'll check my website, baseballinnashville.com. And until next time, this is Skip Nipper. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.